Guten Wochen, Boisai. Live from the basement of my brother's home in Farakaway. Lilu Nishmas, Imi, Moirosi, Rusbas Mordechai. Before I go into the sponsor, I just want to say that I'm still on a high. Poshit. I can't believe what happened last night. I Maybe I didn't express it last night, but to see so many people, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. Push it, overwhelming. It's, it's incredible. I said Shalom Aleichem to, I don't know, 200 plus people, one after another, and to hear story after story. And here, for the tearjerker, I got to tell you this, this thing. I thought about it. Should I say it? Should I not say it? I think it's Kedai to say. Um, of course, I'm going to get those two, three emails, and I'm ready for them. But a young almana, a woman who lost her husband at a very young age from a brain tumor, who has young children, she came in from Pittsburgh to say Mazel Tov. And she said, it's to me when I think about it, I, I tear up. She said that her husband was a Talmud Chacham, and he wrote a Sefer, I believe, and she wants the sound of Torah in her house. So every single day, she puts on the shir. And she came to say, Mazel Tov. I'm saying, you have to, we have to appreciate, we have to appreciate what we have. It's unbelievable. For her, the sound of Torah is missing the house. We don't belong to the group of people that die. That's the other person. Only over there, it happens over there that they die suddenly. Only over there, the building collapses on people on Surfside. It's not a get to us. We're not from the people that die young. We're not from the people that are going to die ever. But the truth is, we look at this. I mean, just the appreciation for what we have. Every moment that we have, if we can dedicate it to Baruch Hu, to Taira, it's, it's unbelievable. Why not? We're here. We might as well do the right thing. One sponsor today, Akiva Zolkowitz, in honor of the Shloishim of Chaim ben Yitzchok, who's nifter in the collapse in Surfside. It's already 30 days. Unbelievable. And sponsor of the Parnas uh, HaChodesh, Michael Bamela, in memory of his mother, Dvar Fegobash Shmuel, and father in law Menachem Mendel Ben Elchonon, and the merit to make it to Umar Shana this year. Unbelievable. And to hear from that Bacher, young guy in a wheelchair, he said that his dream was to meet me in Eretz and he thought he thanked me for coming to New York. He drove all the way in from Lakewood. I know it's a tremendous tir, he has a special van. He showed me his van afterwards. Unbelievable. From Tzvi Shir, <clears throat> excuse me, dear Rebelli, just wanted to send you this while it's fresh in my head. The Shavu Brachos the other night was a beautiful event. By beautiful, I don't mean elegant setup and delicious buffet, although it was. I'm talking about the beautiful atmosphere among all the participants of the Chevra. Never in my life have I seen such a diverse group of people all coming together for the same cause, learning the Daf. From you personally, greeting everyone, warm smiles. From all who attended, it made me feel proud to be part of the Chavra. Thank you for making learning geschmack and fun. Your Talmud, Tzvi Shir. Just today, Grada, I got a song from Nachman Seltzer. <clears throat> Produced specifically for the Shir. It's a very, very nice song, and it has that line in it. It's where we say it's geschmack to learn the daf. By Glenn Ackerman. 
from what happens to Long Island. When my friend called me the other day and said that he had an extra VIP ticket to the New York State Republican Party fundraiser, uh, get to meet Donald Trump. I was excited to go. I would meet the former president, shake his hand, take a picture with him, thank him for everything he has done, especially for Israel, and hopefully get an autograph. When he told me it was Thursday night, I had to decide if I should go to meet Trump or attend Rev. Eli Shevabrov's with his son, new daughter-in-law. Talk about decisions. Not really. Of course I went to the Shevabrov's where I met the one and only rebellion for the third time, shook his hand, took a picture with him, thanked him, his wife and family for everything he does for the daf, and got him to sign my Gemara. Not to mention the delicious and overflowing food, mentalist, music, and being being with some of the most Gishmaka people in the world. After 11 p.m., Ravelli gave the daft to over 150 men. <clears throat> I don't know if it's 150, but it was over 100. But it was a lot of people. A lot of people stayed for the shir. Beautiful Kiddush Hashem. So do you think I made the right choice? Yes. In the world to come, all of us will be VIPs with our Gemars in our hand because of you, Mazel Tov, the entire family, and those who are all with remember the special night for a long time. Glenn Ackerman from West Hempstead, Long Island, Yishkoyach Glenn. From Scott. See, there's so many people I met last night. Oh, sorry, not his name. Please only use my Hebrew name. Shmuel Melech Ben Pesach. I'll explain. I'm, I said I'll explain. Um, it says like this. I grew up completely secular, some Hebrew school, Bar Mitzvah, but Shabbos and other mitzvahs is something that the crazies on the other side of town did with their walking everywhere and their separate grocery stores. I remember as recently as two and a half years ago. Okay, but after some college years where I crossed paths with Kiruv and Chabad classes and some lonely spiritual wanderings around New York City, come 2018, I joined the modern Orthodox community in Crown Heights, but still always felt behind the knowledge and I'm someone who likes to know everything. I'm skipping around because it's extremely long. Like our friend from California, I wanted to go straight to the source, not hear Judaism through what a rabbi wanted to sell me. Skipping one night, though, after back to back to back, I must have pushed push too hard. I was learning with this other shear while cooking, while eating, while pacing, while trying to solve seven other problems. The stress, the heart rate kept rising and I ended up in so much pain that night that I was close to bring myself to the ER Bikitzer, he had to have a surgery, and he wanted to keep the daf, but he knew that the shear that he was going to was too intense. Rabbi said, please, don't overdo it. If it's too intense, it doesn't feel good, it's not good. Tire is gishmak, it's supposed to feel good. Do not force yourself to the point that you need surgery. Wow. Kitzer, he searched for another shear. I don't know what led me to search Daf Yoimi on YouTube, but once I found your shir, I knew this was it. I could watch it till I could watch it while being entertained, not stressed out. Something about the visual component kept my mind from wandering. I could still keep learning my daf. Fast forward a week later, and Baruch Hashem had surgery. Then suddenly, Doctor MacArthur, thank Hashem for the medicine. I kept watching the shir every day, recovering. Have a faithful watcher. I've been a faithful watcher ever since. I miss a daf sometimes, especially Matzi Shabbos. But I always hop right back on that next day's daf and try to make it up. Side note, I asked Hashem last year that the surgery recovery should go well in exchange that sponsor Shear, but I kept putting it off. I'm finally following through on that sponsorship. Don't want to be someone who pledges money and then doesn't go through it. Sukkas daf choftes omad beis. Very nice. See, he's taking learning and putting it into action. Bekitzer, and he writes, Bekitzer. Guy, secular guy, used to be secular. Had never opened the Gemara before. Here, here's the whole email in one shot. 
had never opened up a Gemara before. Listen to another shear from Brochus until it landed me in the hospital last June. Found your shear on YouTube, watch it before and after surgery, been a Talmud of yours ever since. Thank you to Gary, Mark, Mark, you see, you're one of them already. Everyone who sponsors and everyone who works hard in Manduai and everywhere else to make the shear happen. On a personal note, I'm an inspired musician and feel like I'm ready, already getting better at stage banter and presence just by watching the shear every day. Who said shear is only about Torah? You learn how to be a better musician, a better mentalist, a better dry cleaner, everything. It's all encompassed. On a more personal note, sometimes all a guy really needs is a role model. Your love and commitment to Torah, to your family, the Olam, shines through the shear and never ceases to inspire me. May Hashem bless you and your wife to live together at 120 to your thousands of Talmidim, yours truly, Named Karov, Shmuel Melech, Ben, Pesach. Thanks. Maybe I won't read this one today. Okay. My Rivera voice side. Tremendous amount of emails, and they're all great. And by the way, I read every single one of them. Just because I don't read it doesn't mean it's not a good one. I hope one day to get back to them. Maybe the emails will slow down. We'll be able to get back to them. So we have like this. We are holding. This is for today. Today is Daf Lamed Aleph. And you all know what Lamed Aleph is. It means 30 days of Chonon, Pressman, Yishkoi for your email. I got that also. Yishkoi for last night. I'm seeing. Beautiful job. Thank you. And no, I'm not going to give a Chumash here in the near future. So holding Daf Lamed Aleph, Lamed Aleph on the top, two lines down. Torah Bonon. Sukkah Gzula. Now you need to pay attention to these words here. Sukkah gzula, a stolen sukkah. Just put that in your mind because we're going to get back to it in three minutes and we don't want to lose that idea. There are two cases over here in the Braisa, a stolen sukkah and a sukkah that somebody built in the middle of the Rosh Hashanah. We're very familiar with it. If you live in Eretz Yisrael, you see what happens in Meisharim in those neighborhoods or on 13th Avenue. We discussed it last night. People build sukkahs in the middle of the Shusarat. Rabbi Eliezer Poisel, Rabbi Eliezer says, Apostle, V'chachomim Machshir. Omer Rav Nachman. Comes Rav Nachman and says like this. What does a sukkah gzula mean? Let me explain to you. We're talking about a guy, a gavra alima, tough guy. He literally waits for somebody to build a sukkah. He was too lazy. He goes over, grabs the guy by the collar, chucks him out of the sukkah, and he says, with all the kavana and all the the hachonas uh, and everything, with all the things on the sign, he uses the guy's sign. And he says the the, the yirotzins and everything, and he's he wants to be yoytzim into sukkah. So, Reb Leizer, Reb Leizer, Tamei, the Omar Edom, Ein Adam Yoytzi Dechivasim Besukas Shachaveiroi. So it says in the pasuk, Shelochem. A sukkah has to be yours. So Mela, as we had yesterday, it cannot be borrowed, and it certainly or can't be stolen. First of all, if you could actually steal property, and there's a and we pass, and you could. So, it's another problem. It's a stolen sukkah, and it says shalacha. And even if you hold like the Mandoma that says you cannot steal real estate, sukkah shuli. So then it's a borrowed sukkah. 
Okay, so if we stop right here, borrowed sukkah. So either way, Rabbi Lezer says this is a problem, it's a borrowed sukkah, it's a stolen sukkah, not yoytza. So there's a real shayla, a serious shayla. Let's say it happens a lot, you're eating, I don't know, you bought food from a restaurant, you're in one of those neighborhoods in Yerushalayim, you need to sit down in a sukkah, and you, you see a sukkah, there's a sukkah. You walk in, nobody there, you knock, hello, anybody here, can I use your sukkah? Nobody's answering, nobody's there. I need to eat my pizza quickly before it gets cold. What do I do? So for that we have the famous halacha that nicha la'adam le'avad inish a mitzvah with his mama. So if you're in a shul and there's a gemara and you want to use the gemara, you don't have permission, l'chayri, you can use it. You know, there's a whole mishnah on it. If you're not going to destroy the pages, be careful. People like when you do mitzvahs with their objects. And... Nobody really minds if you go into their sukkah and use their sukkah if you don't cause any damage. And as long as he walks in, you'll walk out kind of thing. So l'chaira, it's not a problem. L'chaira, you could assume that a person is going to agree to that. The Gemara is talking about a case where the guy was sitting nicely at his table and this big bulvan shows up, six foot six, grabs him and chucks him out. That, that's the problem. That's gzela, that's shol, that's a problem. Fine. Rabbi Esterson, I also got your email, the terrorist that you said on my cash. Very nice. First of all, there's no problem. You could use somebody else's sukkah. Second of all, karka is not something that you could steal. Okay. Now, here's a, here's a serious problem. Another case that the Ramah brings down, very similar to what we discussed, but worse. And that's a case where a person allows his friend to build a sukkah in his backyard. He says, hey, I don't have where to build. Can I build in your property? Sure. As soon as the guy is done building the sukkah, the property, he comes, grabs him, chucks him out of there. So that's, that's a problem. Why is that a problem? Because typically, your sukkah is bottled to the ground. But over here, when I gave the other person rushus to build there, so it wasn't bottled to the ground, so now that I kick him out, I'm stealing from that guy. I'm pushing stealing, not the real estate. You see, over here now, he's not stealing real estate, he's stealing the walls of the sukkah. He's stealing, he's stealing the sukkah itself, and that's a bigger problem. Okay. Next, What if you steal wood and you create schach from it? Now, what have you done? So Rashi says beautifully, you've done three things. There's three, three components, not that you've done, there's three components here. A, you took wood and you made it into schach. So that is called, number one, a shinoi maisa. You changed the product. It went from a piece of wood to schach. You also changed the name. You did a shinoi hashem. It went from a piece of wood, bamboo, to schach. And there's a third component. The third component is, and this is an amazing thing, chachamim were concerned with people doing tshuva. They want people to do tshuva. 
So this takhanas hashavim, this takhana for people who want to do tshuva, and they don't have to go out of their way and break down their house to return a piece of wood that they stole that's behind the wall somewhere. Chacham said, you know what, you want to do tshuva, pay the, the, uh, pay the value of the wood, and Shoma Yisrael, that's it. Dovi, Shoma Leichem, I see the representative, oh, I forgot the name of the neighborhood over there, not West Hampstead, whatever, okay. You know what I'm talking about, right? Put it on the screen, whatever. Where does he live? Dovi Fink. Anyway, Shai, so that's what happened over here. The guy stole Schach. Everybody agrees because of Takanas Hashavim, all he has to do is pay the value of the Schach. But again, so Takanas Hashavim is a combination. Since there's Shini Hashem, the Shini Yemaisa, so now we have Takanas Hashavim as a third thing, and we allow. What's wrong with Zoom? It's really bad? Zoom is bad? Somebody on YouTube just said, Zoom is really bad. Okay. Fine. Now, Mimai is going back a few lines. Mimai means, Rav Nachman on the fourth line of the Amud says, the is between Rabbi Eliezer and Chachamim in a stolen sukkah is when you grab the person out of there and you yank him out of the sukkah. How did Rav Nachman get this idea from? Mimai. Says the Gemara, Medictani Dumya Durshusarabim. That's why I said, remember the second line of the Gemara. Second line on the Amatan Rabban. Sukagzula Ba Mesachach Durshusarabim. Those two go one after the other, and they have a connection to each other. Just like Mesachich Birshusarabim, where did the whole action take place? In Rushusarabim. So too, the Sukkah Gzula happened like Rishus Rabbim says in Gemara. Dumya the Rishus I'm just explaining what Dumya means. What's, what's connected to what and why? It's those two cases on the second line of the Amun. Sukkah Gzula, Dumya. They are similar to each other. Because they were mentioned in one sentence. Ma Rishus just like when it comes to Rishus Rabbim on 13th Avenue, you don't own the ground. You don't know the real estate. Sukanami, So too, when you yank the guy out of the sukkah, it's not your ground. Says the Gemara Yisafta, there was a bubby. She came screaming to Rav Nachman. The Reish Golos, the head of Klai Yisrael of the generation. And all the Rabbanon that come to, the, to visit, you know, you have to be Oila, Regal, you have to visit your Rebbe. They're all sitting in a stolen sukkah. Why? So, I don't know 100%, but a lot of times the Gemara says that the Rosh Golis' people weren't the best people. Inshad Deloy Mali, sometimes the Gemara uses a similar Lashon. They weren't the greatest people. They came, they stole her wood. They built a sukkah with stolen wood. They felt all big and tough. They had a big mansion. The Rosh Golis lived in a huge uh, palace. And they, they, they work for the rich gullus. You know, we have it, unfortunately, Bismanenu also. You know, the Gabai sometimes is a little bit of a, of a rough, gruff guy. Thinks he could get away with everything. 
So it comes, steals the wood. So she comes and she tells Rav Nachman, listen, the grace of Tzaddik, who he was a big person, the Rej Golos, his people weren't the greatest. He's not sitting in a kosher sukkah because he stole my wood. They stole my wood. So Rav Nachman didn't pay any attention to her. So she tells Rav Nachman, she doubles up. She says, It's a woman who her father had 318 slaves, servants. You're not going to pay any attention to her? So who's her father that had 318 servants? Avram Avinu. Everybody has the same father. We all have that father. She's saying, I'm a Yiddish mama. What, you're not going to pay, pay attention to me? You know who my grandfather was? He's Avram Avinu. He had 318 servants. This is a special woman. It's very hard to find these kind of women. She's a, a yeller. She likes to scream a lot. Don't pay any attention. Based on the Gemara that we said until now. If you steal wood and you put it in the sukkah, this takana sashavim, chazal made a takana that you don't have to return it because we want you to do tshuva. We don't want you to knock down your entire sukkah. So you don't have to worry about it. The rich gullahs will pay her back. End of the story. Now there's a very important halacha. If you plan on stealing wood from somebody and you plan on giving it back after Yontif, you're not Yoytzev. Mishmur says you have to plan on paying back today. When you chap on Chalamai that's stolen, so maybe stolen means you took it from a pile, you didn't really mean to steal, but Lamai say you stole it. Still stealing, still taking something that doesn't belong to you. So your Yoytzev with your Sukkah, as long as you intend to pay the person back. Now, but if you say, oh, you know what, I'm going to give it back after Sukkahs, no, no good. Today you have to pay it back. So that's that. What else? The other halachas. I don't remember. Okay. Omar Avina had shura the metalalta the gzula. This major beam in the sukkah. Until now we were discussing the schach. A beam that goes across the sukkah. Again, the same takana, Chachamim said, you don't have to knock down the sukkah, you don't have to take it apart, because of the takana of a beam. Takana sashavim, so people should do tshuva. I thought it's very interesting, personally. The Chachamim, they go out of their way, so to make it easier for somebody to do tshuva. I want you to do tshuva. We're going to make it easy for you, so you know, we're not going to make you crazy, knock things down. Do tshuva, be a good guy. What's the difference? What's the difference? We just said a whole sugya of wood. Even Rav Nachman didn't care about the woman. He said the wood is part of the sukkah. We don't have to give it back. Just pay the money. So why is wood any different than a giant beam? Maybe wood, two by fours, you get anywhere. Smaller pieces of wood, they sell on every, in every corner. You know, before sukkahs and Israel, they sell all these boards, everything. So if you pay the guy cash, he could easily go and replace it. There's wood everywhere. But a giant beam, sometimes you have to pre-order, whatever. It's not so easy to get. Maybe that you do have to remove from your sukkah and give it back. Hey, Meloy, that it's the same thing.
Now, just Rashi points out, that this, this is what I want to say before, that Rashi points out <clears throat> that where is, where is a sukkah? What is a case of a sukkah that it's guzzle and you have to give back? If it's wood, you don't have to give back. If it's a beam, you don't have to give back. So what do you have to give back? <clears throat> What's a sukkah gzula? says, Rashi, the only type of sukkah gzula that we're familiar in our generation is a Lubavitch sukkah. If you, you decide to pull a prank on a, on a Chabatzker or a Chabadnik and you steal his pickup truck with the sukkah, then that is stealing a sukkah. Why? Because it's not attached. It's not part of the ground. It's not... There's no takana shavim. There's no... There's no takana shavim. Why is there no takana shavim? Because you never built a sukkah. If you built, if you stole wood, you built a sukkah. Now I'm, I'm, I'm. I feel bad for you that you, you should that you should have to break down a sukkah and and put it back together. But you stole a ready-made sukkah on a guy's truck. That kind of sukkah you have to give back. That's that's the sukkah gzula. Hanimili begoy shiva says the gemara. This is all halacha that you don't have to give back because it's the middle of the middle of Yontif. But after Yontif, what's the Pshat Rabbi Yisai? How do you think? What, what do you think the Pshat is? Why? Why is it that after Yontif you have to give it back? Well, after, also now I have to break down my sukkah. The answer is very posh. The sukkah is not a, it's not a permanent thing. It's not a house. The whole Takano was said in a house. You don't have to break down a house. It's in the ceiling and you're going to break down a house. Don't worry about it. Just give him cash. But a sukkah is a flimsy thing. Yet Chachamim said that that flimsy thing is considered keva, it's considered permanent on Yontif. So that's good for Yontif. But after Yontif, it flips, it reverts back to temporary. And once it's temporary, there's no takana shavim. I have to give it back. But if I, I, I attached it with cement, then I'm not of you to break cement and go crazy. Pay cash. Then it's like a kavua. New sugya. Brand new sugya. Seriously. It's unbelievable that I've been speaking to people last night. I spoke to the dry cleaner guy came knocking on the door here. I opened the door. He says, oh, I saw the podcast. I want to start. I'll start. When's next Masechta? So... <clears throat> Been through this thousands of times. But here's the thing. And this is very, very important for people that started sukkah. Because a few people told me last night, don't worry, I'm making up. I'm starting from brachas every day. I do another daf. So I think it's not such a great idea, personally. It's great to learn more. And if you could do it. But Chas Hashem, you could end up like this guy in the hospital. You know, too much stress. The point is that if you start sukkah, shas starts by sukkah. That's when it starts. And if you start in the Flamid Aleph, 30 Dafin, which is not a big deal, because I start in the Chof Ches and Navid Zara. So you could start in the Flamid Aleph and Sukkah. It's all the same. We're starting in Brown and Sugya. We're not talking about a uh, uh, stolen Sukkah now. Now we're talking about Lulav, Esrig, Yavish. Brand new. Who said that Shah starts in Brachas about Me'imosai, Karim, Kriyashma? Maybe Shah starts right here. Tana, Yavish, Apostle. We learned... That you have a, a dried out lulav, it's possible. Review the machshav. 
Yehuda says it's kosher. Omar Machloikes belulav. The whole thing, the whole machloikes is in a lulav. The rabbonin savri makshin in lulav laesrif. Oh, hold on. Let me see if I could find. Should be able to find this, no? Oh, here we go. Okay. There's another mice I don't want to go into, but I bought a printer. It's backwards on YouTube, great. But I realized I didn't have a cable, so I went knocking on doors. Baruch Hashem, somebody lent me a cable for a half an hour. They returned it within a half hour. I guess he prints a lot, I don't know. So I had a rush, a print. Okay, so we got the stuff printed. Bottom it says, pre eight Hadar, which is referring to an asterisk. The red is an asterisk. Kapis Tmarim is referring to a lulav. It's in the same pasuk. So we have a connection between a lulav and an esrik. My esrik by hadar, here the pasuk says, pre eight hadar. I, I feel bad it's backwards, but I have to see if YouTube is going on and off. I'm, I'm solo over here. Hadar means beautiful. So just like esrik has to be beautiful, so too, the next words, copy smarim, got to be beautiful. Aflulav by hadar. Review the Sava Lemak Shinum Lulav Esrik. There's no hackish. Avo be Esrik, the Riakol, be Inon, Hodor be Inon. Obviously, the Torah says Hodor. It has to be beautiful. Is that true? We're going to see. At the end, we're going to say it's not so true. The word Hodor doesn't necessarily have to mean beautiful. It can mean something else. It can mean living. What does living have to do with an Esrik? We'll see. <coughs> Rebuda doesn't hold in a lulav. A lulav needs to be beautiful. So I don't know if I have the... I don't have patience to look for it. Oh, I don't have to look for it. It's right here. This is going back to that test. We have, if the lulav is spread out, you can see like over here, spread. Take a little thing, tie it together, tighten it up. Why? L'chayra, because we view the whole, that a lulav has to be beautiful. If it's all over the place, it's unkempt, get it, bind it together. My time, l'amashim debay hadar. L'chayra, you see from here, he needs, he requires a beautiful lulav. L'ay, k'tiktani taima, review the oimer, v'shum retarver, kapois tmarim here. If you go back to the possible, kapois tmarim. But if you take off the nekudos, it's kafos. Kafos means to bind something, to it's bound with a with a rope, with a string, tie it together. Kafus. parud, And if it's separate, it keeps on, it pops open like a like a like a palm tree leaf or whatever. You gotta tie it down. What he doesn't review the holes that you don't need hadar v'snan. So when you, hold on, got some pictures here. <clears throat> Esrig needs to be harder. This is ugly. Can't look like this. Kappa is tomorrow. Alulav has to be together, not open. And here we have, if I printed it in Eretz Yisrael and schlepped it on the plane, 
So I got to show it to you. This is Eged. You take the Adasim and Aravis and you tie them together. If you notice, this is the same min as a lulav. It's made out of lulav leaves. Isn't it because it's more beautiful? It all matches. It matches the lulav. It's not some, let's see. Okay, we'll come to the picture soon. Some red bow. Loi. That's not the reason. Beautiful. They have the picture. Might as well use it. Siv. These are strings that grow on the palm tree. It grows on the bottom. You know, this brown stuff that sometimes you find on a lulav or whatever. You know, it's, it's from the family. Now, it doesn't look like a lulav, but it's from the same mint. It comes from the same tree. <clears throat> so, Velo my time of the review though, awesome. The Kosova Lulav Tzorch Eged. We maise minachrino, havelucha meshes minim, says the Gemara. The problem is a problem of Baltoisif. You're not allowed to add to the Torah. Here's three minim, Adasim, Aravas, and Alulav. And here's number four. Okay. Ubesu mi boy review the other. Now the Gemara goes back to Esrig. Does the Esrig itself require according to Rabbi Yehuda Hadar? You saw that ugly Esrig? You now take three minim. Three minim is not good enough. You need four minim. You need an Esrig, Lulav, Adasim, and Arabas. But you now let to put one, one extra. Listen to this Chiddush. If you live in a place and there's no esrig, layavi <coughs> loy parish. Here's a parish. Now it's very cute. It looks very similar to an esrig. It's a quince, but it's not even not even close. Don't bring this instead of an esrig. The Gemara is going to tell us what the chiddush is. The chiddush is that I would think at least bring something so we don't forget about the concept. Okay. Veloy Rimain. How a Rima looks like an Esrig, I'm not exactly sure. But don't bring a pomegranate. Oh, it's next to Rosh Hashanah and it's a, it has 613 mitzvahs. Who knows? And don't bring anything else. The kids are, don't try to replace an Esrig when you don't have an Esrig. Just don't do the mitzvah at all. Kemushim Cherim. By the way, this is their picture. I like my picture of a quince better. Kimushin, if it's starting to dry up, it's not dry, but it, it, it's beginning to dry. Kosher, yevashim psulim, but if it's completely yavish, like we saw before, it's dried up, like brown, possible. Rabbi Yudoimer, af yevashim, you could even bring a yavish. <clears throat> so, what do you see from here? See, Rabbi is not so makbid on the hodder. Let's see, Vaiter. Turning to the Aflamid Aleph Omid Beis, sponsored by MDY Tehillim Group, for all those who need Shiduchim, Repuz, and Yeshua's, please join Tehillim.amendav.com. There was a story 
בבני קרחים שהיו מרישים את לולוויהם לבני בניהם. They didn't have לולווים, they lived in Yehubitzvelt, no לולווים. So they would keep the lulav from one season to the other season, from one sukkah to the next. They kept on giving it over, Birusha. You could imagine what the lulav looked like. How can you bring a raya from that? So it was, a, it was an emergency. They didn't have, so they brought that. <coughs> so there's actually Machlech's Rishonim. Does it mean that you just bring it? To commemorate the mitzvah, or you're actually yoytze the mitzvah. Regardless, it's between Ashkenazim and Sfardim, because the Shulchan Aruch paskins that you don't make a bracha on such a lulav, even in an emergency. And the Ramah says that if it's an emergency, you make a bracha. Basically, it's based on the machlokes. If it's a commemoration, then you don't you don't make a bracha. But if it's legit, it's this is a good lulav in a case of an emergency, then you make a bracha. Says Gemara, Ktoni Mias, Rabbi the Oimer, Afiyavashim Ksherim. Rabbi Yudha says, I could also use a dried out one, my lava esrog. Isn't he talking about an esrog? La, Yalulav. Okay. Easy answer. So we don't have a good kasha yet on Rabbi Yudha. Omar Mahar, we learned, Shem Shem Pachasimem, Kachim, Musifim Aleyem, Pshito. Now, this is a Mafurisha Pasuk in the Torah. It says, very important Pasuk actually. Because I have a lot of friends and I lived in a neighborhood that ignore this possible. They're aware of it and they tell you straight out, we pick and choose. Okay, I have relatives like that. We don't feel like doing that mitzvah. That, that, that's not important to us. You have to do everything. Exactly. Don't be too from. Don't add. Do not take off a single mitzvah, a single thing. You're, you don't have the luxury to decide what to take off and when to take off. So Mamela, what's the great chiddush that if the Torah says you should take Kapas and that you could say, oh, this year I'm not going to use Aravas. It's not, it's, not, it's not up to you. You don't decide these things. Pshita. It's a mefurish apostle. That's what Pshita means. So Rebuda says you need to do again. You need to bind. If you take another min. Maybe it's not the biggest deal in the world. They stand on their own. What's the big chiddush? I can't bring a quince instead of an esrog. So you don't have it. So you can't just substitute. I should, I should use this gemara my wife. When she goes and she buys the non-Hellman's mayonnaise. You know, you know what I'm talking about? That off-brand ketchup. Why? Because they didn't have it. They didn't have it. It's not ketchup. It's not, it's not mayonnaise. It's not hell. It's not mayonnaise. I don't care if it says on it, Liebers or whatever it says. It's not mayonnaise. Okay. You got to teach sometimes. Here, it's Mephur Shagamara. Rebbitson. Rebbitson Stefanski. Mephur Shagamara. Loi Motza Esroi. Loi Yavi. 
Remind Paris, you don't bring, you don't substitute with other stuff. Please, Hashem Yonacha. Shita, it's poshit. For a lot of people, it's poshit this thing. For some people, it's not so poshit. I'm sorry. There's people that don't, don't, don't eat uh, helmets. They don't know what I'm talking about. So, Lamashal, if you drink like we had yesterday, seltzer on the table. So, if you, somebody to replace it with, with, with a, a cola product, let's say. It doesn't taste the same. That's it. So, it's a big problem. Oh. I would think that you should buy that off product. You should use that quince that looks, resembles a little bit like Esrik. So that future generations, when they do have Esrik, they'll remember, oh, Taka. Zaydi used this funny looking thing. It wasn't Esrik, but it looks similar. That's not a good idea. Why is it enough? It's going to bring major problems. Because the future generation is going to think, oh, the Zay, they use the quince. You're allowed to use quinces. That's how a lot of funny minogim start, Taka. You have to be careful. Right? My favorite one is, I keep on saying this one, but it's, I don't know if it's true, but it sounds true, that the Rebbe used to cut his nails after he went to the mikvah. So all the Hasidim cut the nails after they went to the mikvah. So they, they finally asked the Rebbe, why? Why do you cut? He said, what do you mean why? Because it's soft. That's when it's soft. Ah, meanwhile, every chassid goes, no matter what, no matter how. It could be, he just went to the mikvah in the morning, goes, he cuts his nails after, the Rebbe did it. You have to know, you have to sometimes, okay, fine. Toshma, apostle. So we're trying to prove whether or not Rebbe Yehuda holds by Esrig that Hodor means beautiful. Esrig Ayashon, let's say it's a year old, apostle. Old, it's it's Yasha. Review the Maksha. Review the says it's kosher. No, how could you be the whole that a year old Esrig? I know what it looks like. I have them in my house. They go from this size to this size. They're terrible and it's hard like a rack. Review says it's kosher. You've the Rava to you've the Rava's of the opinion. That review the whole that Esrig needs to be harder, it has to be beautiful. Not true. Here you see, it doesn't have to be beautiful. It's such a bomb kasha that's a tiyufta. End of the story. We don't have a good answer. Ask the Gemara, but wait a minute. If he says that you can use such old Esrig and it doesn't require beautiful, but not nan. Hayorikikarti. Oh boy. We're going back to Kamosh. Here we have the picture. We might as well show it. This is a shriveled esrig. It, it's, it's not dried adasim, but they're starting. But Raboisai, by the way, in case you have a good way to keep your adasim and arobas nice and fresh, let me know. Send me an email. What I do, I'll tell you what I do. If you have a better way, every year I think about how do we do this better. I buy a bunch of arobas, because arobas are very hard to keep fresh for seven days. Those packs don't cost more than, you know, $2, 3 whatever it costs. You buy five of them. Every two days, you just pop a new bag and you put it in. Even before, it just should be nice and sharp. Why not? The Lekfif is, <laughs> went through the whole thing. And, and my Aravis look like if I shriveled the, uh, bent over and brown. And that, that, that's okay. Because Shtaitin Gemuda, 
that it's okay. It does say it's it's not bad. It's bad. You should you should be mocked on the nicer stuff. Why not? The chandeliers as if a pit, and the car. The, but the Aravis that could be some kids. The Aravis is not bad. Problems that darsam. Darsam costs a lot of money. So one of the eights is I, this I've been doing since I was a kid, and I don't like it so much. You take a towel, you put it in water, and you wring it out good. And after you're done, you take off the whole koshik look with that dasim, you wrap it in the silver foil. Somebody has a better idea than that. I'd love to hear. Maybe there's some sort of new trick. You know, they were selling these little cups that you fill in water that you put on the bottom of a rose. You, you put it on the bottom of the stem of the adasim. That kind of maybe, I don't know if it works. I don't know. So one year I was tired of running around in shul with these cups on the bottom. I don't think it was Zekeli Van Veo at all. I don't know. Maybe you're supposed to take them off. I don't even know how to use it. Show Somebody has a good aid to let me know. <clears throat> Says the Gemara. As we got you, impossible. Maybe the map should. Fine. We had this. Here are these Aravas. I'm showing you the Aravas that everybody's Aravas looks like. 90% of the show looks like this by the sixth day. You know what I'm talking about? It's kosher. Is it kosher? Yeah, it's kosher. But why doesn't your car look like this? Huh? Why do you need a, a 2022 model, but your Aravas look like this? That's my Shiloh. Yeah, this is a Yavish. This is Puzzle Puzzle. Lulav, Esri, the whole thing. And when you're a Dasim, look like this. You're not Yaitza. Puzzle. And Aravas, Yavish, here we go. This is a really bad Arava. When it looks like that, it's pretty much Puzzle. Okay. And by the way, Aravas are easy to look like that after six days. So Karti, in this case, when we're learning Brachas, Karti might have been a different color. But it seems like, because Yarek in Hebrew is green, but in Gemara, Yarek is yellow. But yellow would be a beautiful esrig. So I don't know why. I didn't like look into it. I'm sure somebody will, maybe Rabbi Esterson will send me a pshat. Over here, Yarek. Kikarti means different, I believe. It means this color right over here. Now, everybody already discusses. And I've had a Sroigim that looked like this almost when I bought them. And the guy said, put some apples in it. And, and it works. You put it in a bag. I don't know. I don't want to tell you how to do it because you can ruin it also. You, the pitam will fall off. It's a whole, it's tricky. But an esri that could turn into yellow. And the reason why it's green is because it's just not, a, not 100% ripe or whatever. That's okay, but if it's too young, and the reason why it's green is because it's too young, and you, it's not going to turn colors, that's possible. Yorikikarti, a lot of people buy esrogim almost, ah, this is kind of exaggerated, but a lot of people buy greener esrogim and they turn yellow, and that's fine. <clears throat> and there is a way to do it. And by the way, there's, um, I went to the Pardes, with the guy, they sell thousands of esrogim, and the guy had a whole gas system, Puts a special gas, I don't know, tricks, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to know about it, I mean. Because I thought my esrog is a perfect yellow esrog, that's how I was born. And then I realized that they have a guy there, sitting there with a toothpick and taking out all the this and the that. And they have tricks and they rub it this way, that way, and they put it in the gas chamber. I'm not kidding. <clears throat> Comes out beautiful. Alright, I don't mean chasashom, the gas chamber over there. I mean, they really have a chamber with gases and they put it in there. Yeah. So you see, he needs 
Hadar in Esrig. You tell me your view is Machshur or old Esrig, but over here he says green is no good. Why not? It is so posh because it's not ripe. You got an unripe esrik. It's not considered an esrik. Forget about it, hadar. It's not. It's not an esrik. How small is a small esrik? The size of a walnut. Here's a walnut. The size of an egg. Why, why do you need a larger shear according to Rebuda? Why is a walnut not good? Because I need a beautiful esrit. So, again, the same idea that anything less than a kebetza according to Rebuda is not a finished product. So, okay, here. We have according to Taisvis. Taisvis talks about Yorok and he says it is a blue. Like in, like in Brachas, Yaroik, Kikarti. And then he says another Pshat, it's this color, like the, the yellow of an egg. Okay. How big can an Esrik be? So you'll be able to hold two of these in your hand. They review the. Even one in two hands. Here's one picture. Tell me which one you like. This is not a bad picture at all. But then I found this. That's me. I mean, the Lulav is a lot cooler than Esrik. This thing is, I'm 6'2". You chap how tall this Lulav is? It's like three times the size of me. See what's going on here? But this Esrig was ginormous. Pasha ginormous. Okay, here. Giant Esrig as well, at the Kaisel. It takes two hands to hold it. My timer, isn't it because review that requires a beautiful Esrig? MMA law, if it's way too big, that's not beautiful. Loy, Kivendom Arabo, Arabo. Lulabi min Vesrig is small. The Lulab has three mitzvahs. Lulavadasim Harovas, so you hold it in your right hand. That's you just one, you hold it in your left. Yeah, we do it a lot of times during Shanas, whatever. You have to maneuver things. If it's too large, you're going to flip it over, it's going to get puzzled. And that's the reason. Not because of Hadar, just a practical reason. If it's way too large, you can't, you can't deal with it. It's going to get. It's gonna fall. It's gonna break. It's gonna. It's gonna get a little bit of a, a dent in it. Uh, uh, not a dent. They. It's gonna be chaser. It's gonna. Pieces gonna go missing. We don't want to get into problems. Okay, fine. So I cannot beat Rebuda. Rebuda is of the opinion that an esrig doesn't have to be beautiful. It could be an old esrig. It could be also. Ah, he said this. And that. It's all because those those cases they're not fully right. But we, we can't prove that Rebuda holds that an Esri needs to be beautiful. So then the question is, what about this word? It says Hadar, beautiful. What do we do with that? Says the Gemara. By the way, somebody told me yesterday, Nachum Harvitz, he said from all the charts, everything, all the pictures, what he appreciates most about the Shir is this. 
that you see the psukim straight out and it's highlighted. That's what he said. That's, I don't know. I never heard that before. Each to their own. Everybody takes out one thing. It's good. Something in So what do you do to Hadar? Somebody sent me a beautiful email, a very long article, because I didn't have a chance to go through it all. It was very nice. He did a lot of research. Because the Gemara talks about there's a few things that live in the tree. Maybe he's talking about Tam Shava. Sorry. Next. We'll talk about that a different time. This Hadar Mishan The Esrig lives in the tree for the whole year. Goes through the whole cycle. And how do I know that? How do I know what an Esrig is? So we have a tradition, but it doesn't say in the Torah Esrig. It says pre eights Oh, I see Nachamar. So pre eights Hadar. Hadar means it's the type of fruit that lives in the tree the whole year. How many fruits don't ripen and fall down? So it must be the Esrig. Let's just do the next few lines and we're done. Says the Gemara. Shel Asherav, Shel Irhani Dachas. So we have a lulav that was used for Abed Zara, or it's part of a city that most of the people that live there are Oved Abed Zara. Vishal Asher, apostle. Why is that apostle? If you have a lulav Abed Zara, you shouldn't use it. It's good to use it as a lulav. It's okay. Not good, but if you used it after the fact, it's okay. Says the Gemara. <coughs> Sorry. So first of all, Rashi points out beforehand that mitzvahs. I need some water. What? What are you saying? Sorry. So Rashi points out mitzvahs lav Therefore, so what if you can't benefit from avodizara? You're not benefiting from avodizara. You're performing a mitzvah, and a mitzvah is not for you to benefit from. Rashi uses a very interesting lashon. We should see Rashi inside. It's like two, four, six, eight, ten lines from the, from the bottom. Kloimar, ein kiu mitzvahs hanas haguf. You don't get any hanah, you don't have any bodily hanah from it. No, no benefit. Elo avoidas eved l'rabba. When you perform a mitzvah, you're a slave, you're a servant in front of the master. That's it. A servant that brings a cup of tea to his master, he doesn't have any benefit from it. He's doing a mitzvah to the servant, to his master. So too, when we take a lulav, we're doing what we need to do for our master. We don't ask questions. I, it's Abedi Zara. I don't care. It's not my problem. I'm not, I'm not benefiting from it. So then what's the problem in the Mishnah? Why does the Mishnah say you shouldn't use Asherah? It's in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, that type of Asher that you must burn. And since you must burn it, now you're missing from the four tefach that you need for a lulav. A lulav has to be four tefachim. And since you must burn it, it's considered that it doesn't have a shear. So you push it, you're holding a lulav that doesn't have four tefachim. It's a bunch of ashes. That's the problem. Not because it's also to benefit from Abedi Zarah. Again, the same idea. Since it says Asherah, in the same sentence, word after word, so they're similar. And just like Yerani Dachas is a problem of Ketusei Mechtashiurei, so too, by Asherah, it's also Ketusei Mechtashiurei. And the problem is not that you're using Avedizara, because that wouldn't be a problem. If you use any Avedizara, 
They go like this in front of the getchka. You're allowed to use the, the, the lulav b'diyeved, after the fact. But over here the problem is, the problem is that you used the, the, a lulav that doesn't have the fort Fachim. Have a wonderful day. If you're in America, have a wonderful Shabbos. If you're in Eretz Yisrael, have a wonderful week. Agutavach, Yishkoyach, for joining at such a crazy time right before Shabbos. Zaygezund.